The Sunday School video for today covers Genesis chapter 3, and you can find a link for it in the video description of this video. Oh, Adam was a busy man, naming all of the creatures. He became a type of Christ, but with a difference in features. He brought sin into the world, but Christ takes it away. Oh, Adam was a man of sin, but Christ a man of forgiveness. Oh, Adam was a married man, though he first was lonely. God said sleep and then took a rib, formed it into a lady. Love then overwhelmed his soul and he would cling to her. Oh, bone of bones and flesh of flesh, family one of the living. Oh, Adam was no caveman, he knew which was the bad tree. He knew well what God had said, but a serpent deceived deep. She gave him the fruit to eat and that was that that day. Oh, he was wounded from paradise, sweaty work was his repay. Oh, in the image of God was man, Adam first and then woman. Over animals they did reign, not evolving from vermin. They were given all the earth to rule and work and play. Oh, made much higher than all the apes, we are gloriously human. shepherd. This is one of the several of the I am statements that Jesus makes in John's gospel. And whenever Jesus makes the statement that he is the shepherd, you know, he's he's actually saying something that would have been very familiar to the Jewish people. Uh, there's, there's so many different important shepherds that have shown up throughout the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, just to kind of name just a few of them. I mean, think about Moses. Whenever you look at him, he was a shepherd, and then he started shepherding the flock of God. David himself, who was just a shepherd boy, and he's well known for being that shepherd boy, but he raised up to the point of being king of the people of God. And then if you remember, whenever Jesus was born, actually the only ones that we get the record of them knowing about it the night that Jesus was born, you know, the very time that Jesus was born, were those shepherds. 
who were out and they were tending their, their flocks at that time. But they went to see their shepherd and our shepherd as well. And that is Jesus Christ. So there's several other passages, of course, that, that we could mention where shepherds show up because they really are a very important part of uh, really the Bible. And this idea of God being our shepherd and is carried over here whenever Jesus says that I am the good shepherd. So what is so great about Jesus being a shepherd and the way that he shepherds us? Well, we're going to look at John chapter 10 this morning. And we're going to see this statement where he says, I am the good shepherd. And we're going to notice some things of what that means for us. Some, a lot of these are just very practical things. We're going to look at three main things. The first one is, he lays down his life for the sheep. Now, obviously, of course, we know that this is talking about whenever he gave his life in our place. You know, the fact that he actually died. Um, that's really the punishment that we ourselves deserve. But Jesus is the one that took that punishment upon himself because he had this unique role in which he was going to to take away the sins of the world. So he lays down his life for the sheep. Let's see this statement within its context. John chapter 10 verses 11 through 13. Jesus is speaking here and he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So now we find out this description about what does this good shepherd mean? Well, a good shepherd, one who, who really is shepherding the flock, just from a physical standpoint at least, that's his life. I mean, everything about who he is is wrapped up in these sheep. Uh, we see that, that uh, the flock, uh, it would produce food, it would produce even some clothing. You know, they could use the wool and all for clothing. And it could produce so many more things as, as well. Just part of their everyday life was wrapped up in their flock. So a good shepherd, one who is, uh, really cares about his sheep, he's really involved with it. Now, that is contrasted with this hired hand. The one who, it's just a, a paycheck for him. You know, he's just getting paid to watch over somebody else's sheep. He doesn't really have anything into it. And, you know, whenever it comes down to it, of course, he's going to choose himself over the sheep. He, he doesn't have that same involvement as the good shepherd. And the fact that Jesus himself, that he compares himself to this good shepherd, I mean, that, that just goes to show us how much he cares for us. We see that it says that he lays down his life for a sheep. And we know that he did that on the cross. He laid down his life for the sheep. Jesus was deeply involved with us from the very beginning. I mean, that's why it's so amazing to me that whenever you read in John's gospel, you find out that Jesus is described as the word of God, but that he is God. And then in verse 14, we find out that the word became flesh. He became a human being and he dwelt among us. See, Jesus being this good shepherd, he is deeply involved with us. And he serves this very unique role in the fact that he is both God and man he comes in among us. He cares for us. He lays down his life for us. What's the second thing that we find out about Jesus being the good shepherd? That is, he knows his sheep and his sheep know him. Now, this is very important uh, because this is not the same thing that all the sheep know one another. Uh, we'll notice that. We'll see that that's not always exactly the case. After all, whenever we think about the church today, 
Do you know everybody who's a Christian? I mean, it doesn't really matter who you are. You don't know everyone else who is a Christian, but Jesus knows. He knows his sheep and his sheep know him. John chapter 10, verses 14 through 18. Jesus continues and he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and they will be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. So here we see several things. And, and by the way, this statement, of course, stacks on the other statement. Yes, he says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. But if you look, he keeps talking about how he's laying down his life for the sheep. So all of this is, is wrapped up together. Everything about who a shepherd is and who our good shepherd is, the shepherd, it's all wrapped up in, in Jesus Christ and the life that he lived, lived and also the life that he continues to live and how he continues to provide for us as his sheep. So he makes the statement that he knows his sheep. He also, you know, this kind of goes back to this concept that he's calling them and he's leading them out. If you remember last week, we kind of looked at that, that, that he was the door for which the, the sheep go in and out of. Well, he calls us and he leads us. He says in verse 16 something very interesting, and this is kind of what I was getting at before about uh, that we don't know all who are our fellow Christians. He talks about other sheep. Now, I think specifically within the text here in John 10, what he is saying is this, this uh, idea of sheep, he's talking about Israel. And the other sheep are those people who are not Israelites, the Gentiles who are going to be brought in. I think that's really who he's talking about. But I mean, the comparison can go even more than that. Because like I said before, I don't think there's a single Christian on the face of the earth who knows every other Christian who is alive today. I mean, you know, we just don't really know everybody who belongs to Jesus Christ. But Jesus knows. Jesus knows his sheep and his sheep know him. These other sheep, even if we don't know those other sheep, Jesus knows. Jesus, he's in control. He is the one who is leading us all. And then also in verse 17, uh, well, actually among several other times, but here in verse 17 especially, he talks about how he lays down his life. But then he makes this phrase about how he lays down his life only to take it up again. Well, here I think that we get this clear description. At least it's clear for us. Obviously, the apostles didn't exactly get it along the way, but it's pretty clear to us. And, and I think John is, is telling us about this, that whenever he lays down his life, he does that on the cross. But you know, after he lays down his life, he gives us his life in our place. And we find out that he is buried. But then do you remember? that He raises up from the dead on the third day, only to take it up again. So this statement about how he lays down his life and then he takes it up again, I think that what we see in that is the death, the burial, the resurrection, specifically the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is what gives us hope. That is what gives us the, that, that's how we see the power of the gospel message. Because Jesus has this authority that he lays down his life. And he did lay down his life, but he also took it up again. He is in control. He's in control of what happened. That's why whenever we see him on the cross, it was it was his decision whenever he finally gave up his spirit, whenever he finally died. It wasn't something that people took his life from him. 
He laid it down. He laid it down of his own accord, like what he says here in verse 18. This just goes to show us how much control Jesus had in all of this. He is the one who laid it down. And he did that because he knows his sheep, his sheep know him. The only way for the sheep to be able to follow this one shepherd that he speaks of here in verse 16, the only way for the, all of the sheep to follow the, our one true good shepherd is that he would lay down his life in our place. And he did that. He did that faithfully. And he took it up again. And He gives us the hope of being able to, after we have died ourselves, that we can be raised up just like what Jesus was. That hope comes from Jesus conquering this death. He knows his sheep. He cares for his sheep. And his sheep know him. Also, I haven't mentioned too much about our job in all of this. But I have mentioned a lot that, that he knows his sheep. But notice that last part is that my sheep know me. We have this responsibility to know Jesus Christ, to follow Jesus Christ. We have to put forth an effort. I mean, think about any relationship that you've ever been in, any type of friendship, any, any friends that you've ever had. In order for that relationship to work, in order for that friendship to work, you've both got to put forth an effort into it. You know, if one of you just, just gives way, then it just it doesn't have that same relationship that it really requires. And here in this case with Jesus, he's putting forth his effort. Now, we've got to put forth our effort as well. He knows us. We need to know him. And how do we find out about him? Find out about him by reading the Bible, by reading his word, by, by seeing what Jesus taught, the actual words that he preached, the, the words that he taught, and by following those things. The third thing that we find out about the good shepherd, it shows up several verses later, so we're going to skip on down. This third thing is that, that I want us to focus on. There's other things that we could have focused on, okay? And I'm just kind of sharing these three things with you. Um, but there are others within this text, too. But the third one I want to look at is the statement that, that no one can snatch them out of his hand. Now, the way that Jesus makes it is, you know, no one can snatch them out of my hand. And this statement, you know, it's one that, that uh, I've come to really appreciate. And I think that what this really shows is the power and the might of Jesus Christ and our God that we serve. Let's read this within its context here. John chapter 10, verses 27 through 30. Jesus still speaking about uh, this and him being the good shepherd. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. So he says so many great things here uh, about that he is on the side of the father. I mean, you know, I would say it even that he is the father. I think that that statement there in verse 30, whenever he says, I and the father are one, that's saying that they're on the same page. They're doing things just alike. But even more than that, I think that Jesus is actually saying that he is the same as the father, that Jesus is one with the father. He is our God. He is the God that we read about in the Old Testament. He's the one that that has decided to come and be among us. And we see how much he cares for us. He makes this statement that no one will snatch them out of my hand. He says that in verse 28. And I believe that what this means is no one has the power to snatch the sheep from God. No one has the power to snatch the sheep out of the hand of Jesus. 
Now, the Apostle Paul, he kind of picks it up and, and he says something like this. It's, it's very similar to what Jesus says here. But Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39, once again, Romans 8, 35 through 39, Paul says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's how Paul wrote about it. And I mean, think about the life that Paul lived. I mean, if you want to know somebody who really turned his life around, I mean, he thought he was on fire for God at the very beginning, and he thought he was doing everything that God wanted him to do, but he was persecuting the church. He was on the complete opposite side of God and what God was doing during his day. But he came to realize his mistake, and he repented, and he changed. And now he, he makes that statement that nothing can separate us from this love of God, this love that comes to us through Jesus Christ, our Lord, through Jesus Christ, his son. It's the same concept that Jesus is making right here. That statement that he says in verse 28, no one will snatch them out of my hand. And he also says in 29, no one can snatch them out of my father's hand. That's because no one has the power that God has. No one is more powerful than our father. No one is more powerful than Jesus Christ, his son. No one has that power to be able to snatch. However, I believe that what we find from scripture is that the sheep do have the freedom to walk away. And it's a sad thing whenever they do that. In fact, we have several writings from Paul and, and some of these others in the early church, and even John himself, he, he later is gonna write about how it saddens him whenever he sees people, you know, these sheep, that they turn away from God and they start, start going a, a different pathway. It's very, very sad. That's not what God wants. God wants us to be there, right there with him. And he has the power to keep us there. If we will just put forth that effort, like what I was talking about before, and be involved in the relationship with him, to learn about him, to be able to grow you know, with him and, and learn about who he is and what he's done in the world and, and how much he cares for us. Jesus Christ, he is the good shepherd. And we've seen exactly what that means today, at least some of the things that that means today. But it means even more than this. But it most certainly means that we can look to Jesus as our shepherd and we can follow his guidance every single day of our lives. Let's keep doing that together. We want you back. We want you back. We want the sheep back in the fold. We want you back. We want you back. We want the coin back in its mold, lost like a sheep that went astray, or a son who dared to roam. Come, come back to the faith, come, come back to your God, come, come back to the fold. We want you back, we want you back, we want the sheep back in the fold. We want you back, we want you back, we want the coin back in it.
to your God. Come back to the fold. Come back to the fold. We want you back. We want you back. We want the sheep back in the fold. We want you back. We want you back. We want the coin back in its mold. Though you have wandered far.